Well, church, this is the second week of our social isolation due to the coronavirus and the effect that it's having around the world. And so this is the second week of me preaching by myself in the church building and uploading it to the website. And there's a couple other ways you'll be able to listen to it if you so choose. Uh, I'd like to first just say thank you to a few people. Thank you, Dan and Ashley Ludwinski, for leading in worship uh, last Sunday. Thank you, um, Scott Kruger, for putting uh, some songs on YouTube for us to use this week. Uh, Thank you, Carolyn, for uh, continuing the prayer and praise uh, through email. Thank you, Rachel Jackson, for putting together uh, Sunday school lessons for the for the kids that can uh, parents can use uh, in their homes. Uh, thank you, Rich, for organizing that little online uh, on uh, Bible study joint Bible study on that uh, Bible app. Uh, it's all great. It's really wonderful uh, to see the different and creative ways that uh, our church people are are are. Trying to make up for what we're what we're missing by not being together. <clears throat> Today, we're going to look at Lamentations chapter three, and uh, the idea for this uh, message to you all is to um, encourage us to appropriate. Israel's Lament. This week my son Henry was required to watch a movie about World War II. He could pick the movie and write a review for his social studies class. He chose the movie Dunkirk and we watched it together. It tells the story of how British civilians worked with the Royal Navy to evacuate thousands of British soldiers from the beaches of France after they had been driven to the sea by the German army. Although I don't want to compare the terror and destruction of World War II with what we are facing today, I was struck by the willing spirit of everyday people to sacrifice much for the good of their country, for the good of each other. It's great to be able to look to the past for examples of people who have managed difficulties much worse even than our own. And it's great to see the way some of you all are are sacrificing or or doing your part uh, to help others around you, or to hear about those anyway. This week, and as long as we can't meet in person, I plan to preach messages that are related to our present situation. So as I've already said, uh, we're going to try to appropriate Israel's lament from the book of Lamentations, uh, particularly for us today, Lamentations chapter 3. Now you might ask, why? Why Lamentations? Isn't it kind of depressing? Shouldn't we be focusing on things that uh, will cheer us up? Uh, Yes and no. I I think. In times of despair and difficulty, I think that Israel's record of its lament, of its sorrow and its frustration, comes alive to us. 
Although our situations are different, they give words to some of our feelings that maybe we couldn't give words to. Like Ecclesiastes this past fall, we can experience the real-world struggles of others in a way that is relatable, but also in a way that doesn't sugarcoat things. Sometimes we just need to deal with grief for a while, just as they had to. So we're going to look at Lamentations chapter 3. Now it's not all grief. Just as we will be appropriating their lament, we can also appropriate the hope that they had as well. And we'll be talking about that in a moment. But before we do, I just, I just want to give you a little bit of a historical context to the writings that we find in Lamentations. Lamentations was written in response to the destruction of Jerusalem and its temple and to the subsequent exile in the land of their enemies. <clears throat> Chapter 3 within the book of Lamentations, as, as Brevard Childs tells us, functions to translate Israel's historically conditioned plight into the language of faith and by the use of traditional forms to appeal to the whole nation to experience that dimension of faith testified to by a representative figure. He continues and says, Lamentations serves every successive generation of the suffering faithful for whom history has become unbearable. You might be feeling that way yourself right now, even though we've only been in isolation for a little bit over a week, that this is becoming unbearable. So let's borrow from Israel's history. Let's appropriate their emotional struggles with the situation that they found themselves in. And let's see what we can learn and how we can grow from that. I'm going to read Lamentations chapter 3. Now Lamentations chapter 3 is a little bit long, uh, but that's okay. Four minutes of reading the Bible is not going to hurt anyone. In fact, I would argue all it can do is help. Now, as we go through Lamentations chapter 3, you'll see some of this is pretty depressing stuff. But some of it also uh, fosters hope. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna lean into both today. So this is Lamentations chapter 3. <clears throat> I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead of long ago. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He has made my chains heavy. Though I call and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with blocks of stones. He has made my paths crooked. He is a bear lying in wait for me, a lion in hiding. He turned aside my steps and tore me to pieces. He has made me desolate. He bent his bow and set me as a target for his arrow. He drove into my kidneys the arrows of his quiver. I have become the laughingstock of all peoples, the object of their taunts all day long. He has filled me with bitterness. He has seated me with wormwood. 
He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say, my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes and let him be filled with insults. For the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he does not willingly afflict or grieve the children of men. To crush underfoot all the prisoners of the earth, to deny a man justice in the presence of the Most High, to subvert a man in his lawsuit, the Lord does not approve. Who has spoken and it came to pass unless the Lord has commanded it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that good and bad come? Why should a living man complain, a man about the punishment of his sins? Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. We have transgressed and rebelled, and you have not forgiven. You have wrapped yourself with anger and pursued us, killing without pity. You have wrapped yourself with a cloud so that no prayer can pass through. You have made us scum and garbage among the peoples. All our enemies open their mouths against us. Panic and pityful have, be, have come a pitfall have come upon us, devastation and destruction. My eyes flow with rivers of tears because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. My eyes will flow without ceasing, without respite, until the Lord from heaven looks down and sees. My eyes cause me grief at the fate of all the daughters of my city. I have been hunted like a bird by those who were my enemies without cause. They flung me alive into the pit and cast stones on me. Water closed over my head. I said, I am lost. I called on your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ear to my cry for help. You came near when I called on you. You said, do not fear. You have taken up my cause, O Lord. You have redeemed my life. You have seen the wrong done to me, O Lord. Judge my cause. You have seen all their vengeance, all their plots against me. You have heard their taunts, O Lord, all their plots against me. The lips and thoughts of my assailants are against me all the day long. Behold, they are sitting and they are rising. I am the object of their taunts. You will repay them, O Lord, according to the work of their hands. You will give them dullness of heart. Your curse will be on them. You will pursue them in anger and destroy them from under your heavens, O Lord. So there's two ways I want us to think about Lamentations 3 this week. The first is leaning into, appropriating the sorrow and the struggle. <clears throat> there's three, um, <clears throat> excuse me, there's three, uh, what would they be, uh, struggles, the three uh, frustrations, 
three difficulties that show up throughout this this uh, this hymn, this psalm we find in Lamentations three. Despair, waiting, and regret. There will be times when despair seems like the only feeling we can feel. There will be times when it feels like the difficulty we are in will never end. There will be times when everything we do seems insufficient. Israel experienced all of these. And they knew enough about God to know that they could voice all of it to Him. There is a deep human yearning to call out, to cry out to someone, anyone, no one. Sometimes all we can do is say, I hurt, or I'm scared, or how long, or why, Lord? And sometimes the only answer we will seem to get from God is, I hear you. In those moments, it is enough to know that God says, I hear you. What does it tell us about God that he includes these prayers and psalms of lament in his holy book? That a part of knowing God and walking with God includes being able to empty our hearts to him. To tell him how we feel without the need to sterilize our words in ways that soften the blow or fit with quote-unquote good theology. If Lamentations teaches us anything, it is that God does not begrudge us our struggles or expect us to handle them in any kind of a superhuman way. We can lean into... Israel's lamentation, their sorrow, their despair, their questions, because they are entirely human. And they fit not just their particular situation, but they give voice to what people feel in in other similar difficult situations throughout history. God gives us that room to be human, to experience grief and sorrow, to wrestle with despair, to question why or how long. In this way, we can appropriate lamentations. We can allow it to give voice to the things that we feel inside. But just as we can appropriate the, the sorrow and the struggle from lamentations, we can also appropriate the hope that we find there as well. There are things that whoever wrote this, Lamentations chapter 3, there are, there are theological truths that we find in here that never change. I want to highlight three of them. And and my goal is that they would give you hope. The first is verses 21 through 23 of Lamentations 3. 
But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. The second is found in verses 31 through 33. For the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he does not willingly afflict or grieve the children of men. And the last one is verses 55 through 57. I called on your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ear to my cry for help. You came near when I called on you. You said, Do not fear. These three passages of Scripture remind us of these eternal truths. It's okay to struggle, to experience despair and sorrow, but we must also remember that there is hope, that God has not forgotten us, that we are His and He takes no pleasure in our suffering, and that in His time and in His way, He will bring us out the other side. Israel had lost everything. They could see no end to their own suffering. Yet they trusted that the God who had worked on their behalf in the past would once again come alongside them and bring them out of their darkness. And so even in this, we can have hope. So what then for us? This is a unique situation. We will be talking about this for years and years. Generations even. You will, you will remember these weeks, maybe months, for the rest of your lives, and you will tell them to your grandchildren. Remember the, the coronavirus shutdown of 2020? So what do we do? How can Lamentations help us in the midst of what has become and will continue to be a really difficult time, not just for us, but for our whole nation and, in fact, uh, much of the world? There's two things I think I, I would like for us to do. The first one is, is, is this. Take this time to evaluate your life. One thing Israel did in their dark time was to examine their lives and the sin they believed brought them to that place. I'm not suggesting that we have some deep-rooted sin that has caused this pandemic to happen. Not at all. But what I am suggesting is a time like this can foster the opportunity to do some self-reflection. We've been wrenched out of our routines and that can give us a fresh perspective on our lives on our habits and our tendencies. So I would encourage you to use this time to consider those areas in your life that maybe need to be changed. Work to remove whatever is not in line with what we know God wants from us. Work to establish new routines or better habits that will cultivate spiritual growth that will bring us close to God and what He would have for us. My guess is that many of you are... Are, are finding 
um, that you are depending upon God more than you ever have in your life. And my hope is that when we come out the other side of this, that you will maintain that, that daily dependence upon God. Sometimes it takes something like this for us to see that, to learn that. So maybe see this as an opportunity to evaluate your life, to consider those areas that need to be changed and, and to figure out how to, how to go about changing them, to cultivate those, those new habits that will bring spiritual growth it will bring us closer to God and keep us there. And then last, I want you to hold fast to what is true. Although the despair is real and unavoidable sometimes, it can also obscure what is true from our sight. It's important that we remember what is true about God in the midst of this and any other trial. Now this will probably require daily preaching to your heart about what you know from God's Word. It will involve regular meditation on those truths. So this is where daily exposure to His Word is so important. This is where the fellowship of the body is so important. This is where worship in spirit and in truth is so important. Make sure you are filling yourself from sources that communicate what is true about God. Spend time meditating on those truths. Incorporate them into the way that you think about this pandemic and the isolation that we are all experiencing. Hold fast to what is true. HBF, I miss you all and I am praying for you. And I cannot wait until we can worship together again. Until that day, cling to the truth about God. He is faithful, and he will make all things new in his time. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we are not used to this new normal yet. And, uh, and I pray we don't ever get used to it, because... Uh, what we're finding is that this is, this is reminding us of some really important things about us and about our fellowship. Mostly that it is incredibly valuable to be able to be together. Forgive us for not appreciating that more when we had it. Help us appreciate it when we get it back appropriately and rightly. Help us to value it and treasure it the way we should. Lord, I pray for those who might be experiencing uh, considerably dark uh, time right now, whether because of their own health or because this isolation uh, from other people proves to be more than they think they can handle. I lift them up and I ask that you would bring comfort into their lives. Help us to, to uh, be in contact with each other as much as is possible. Thank you for the different technologies we have to be able to overcome some of the distance between us. And Lord, we pray that your church would have an impact on this world during this time. 
that our, our confident assurance in what is true about you would be recognized uh, by the world and that you would give us opportunity to alleviate other people's suffering. We know that you will be glorified through all of this, even if we don't maybe know how in this moment. Give us the faith, faith that we need to believe that and continue to grow us in spite of the circumstance we find ourselves in. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.